Kathy. And I'm Justin. And, and this, this is, is Comicsverse. Welcome to another Comics First podcast. We are your source for in-depth comics analysis. As always, I'm your host and Comics First CEO, Justin Alba, and I am joined by, I keep describing you, Kathy, as the ever-illustrious Marvel Comics assistant editor, Kathleen Wisniewski. Uh, that's fine. I accept that description. That is that cool? Good. Yeah, I think that's okay. Uh, I just actually, I don't, you know, the funny thing is I probably should look up illustrious in the, the dictionary because it's like one of those words that you think is a really good thing, but you want to make sure that it's a really good thing. Uh, no, it's a good thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right? We should what? go fast. We should go faster. Okay. Anyway. Hi, Kathy. Hello. <laughs> so anyway, just a reminder to everybody out there, this part that I hate that Kathy tells me I need to do, that you can find us on the web at comicsverse.com, talking really fast at facebook.com slash comicsverse, on Twitter at comicsverse, on Tumblr at comicsverse.tumblr.com, and YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. And this is going to be a totally crazy episode because Superman, an American-born Chinese auteur, Jean Lu and Yang, is here. But before Ooh. I introduce Mr. Yang, uh, I'd like to... I'd love the opportunity to introduce our panel. So I guess I'll go in the order that we're sitting. Hi, Kay. Hello, Justin. How are you? I'm good. How Or I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I am well as well. Good. Uh, it's really Hello? nice to be doing another Hello, oh. Jean. I'm so Hello? excited to get to talk to you. This is Kay speaking. Sorry, I didn't get to say hi earlier, but now I'm doing it right, <laughs> right now. So hi, and I'm excited to talk about your work. So this is going to be a crazy episode because Superman and American-born Chinese author Jean Lu and Yang is here. But before I introduce Mr. Yang, I'd like the opportunity to introduce our amazing panel. Yes, I would. So first up is actually the OG intern of Comics First, the first ever, the Apocalypse <laughs> Apocalypse is to mutants as Angela is to the Comics First internship program. That's actually a very good comparison. Thank you. I got a chance to think about it. Appropriate. Yeah, I had to think about it for a second. But do we all get an introduction like that? Yes, you all. Yeah, I wrote them all down. Are you kidding? Kathy, do you approve of that introduction? Anyway, how so how does it feel being on your first podcast, right? Because you used to help us out with them, but this yeah. is your, your first one you're on, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we're doing American Born Chinese again, just because last time was interesting. I just remember your constant facial expressions of, like, overwhelming disappointment. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So who do we have next? So Columbia PhD student studying the Chinese history of the Ming Dynasty in the 14th century or 13th? Uh, so the Ming Dynasty was founded in 1368. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I study the first century or so. Okay. So it spans into That's the cool. following century. So what history. happens in the next century? You just have no idea. I, I don't even know what country I'm in right now. Where, why would you need to? Yeah. Or what um, year it is. But welcome back from Taiwan. We got some letters wondering why you were in Taiwan, and I didn't respond to them. So There have been um, letters about me? <laughs> no, there really haven't been. <laughs> but I just wanted to make you feel special. JK. Yeah, just, most of the letters are about me and Kathy, because we're the most awesome people. No, just kidding. We actually don't get letters either. Right. Sorry, we are. We're the host. <laughs> Kay, we do 50, freaking 55 episodes. Of course they would be about us. Okay. They're all K. about me. She says K to that. There were letters, which there aren't. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been writing letters and sending to myself. Kathy, I wow. thought you were going to write letters about me. Oh, are you? Right. We also got those. We also got those. Um, those flowers from the fans that time. Uh-huh. No, we actually didn't. I just sent flowers to myself. 
<laughs> in my mind. In my mind. Never really happened. Never really Oh, happened. just psychically. Psychic. Well, not even psychically, because I'm not psychic. But yeah. Well, you, I mean, everyone's psychic in the sense that they can, like, think, they can read their own mind. I never said I was psychic. I can't I even read my own. I don't even know what I'm thinking. I don't think things. I just say them. I know what you're thinking. That's a problem. I know what you're thinking. What am I thinking? I'm oppressed. I'm always thinking. <laughs> Gray. You're welcome. That that threw me off there, Kate, because that you really just just delved to the bottom of my soul with that with that analysis. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So the anyone the only thing anyone's really written us besides like a few comments here and there uh, and a few nice things are like the death threat I got after I wrote the Fantastic Four oh article saying that I did not hate it nor did I like it. You but really truly got a death. I threat? really truly got a death threat. I, I got phone calls and then like a special Facebook page. Maybe it was Sony who did so <laughs> much they, work. They, they had yeah. someone do this. No, I mean I was very I was actually very flattered to get a death threat. Yeah, I was it was amazing. It's like I take up some of your life. Yeah, no, like I what are you doing? Well, no, it was the fact. Okay, it was the fact. I can't say what he said because it was they had so many dirty words that even I can't bear to repeat it. Which is you, then it, you know it's really bad. But I will just say it ends with having sex with my decapitated head and what? and. The first thing I did was call my mom and I said, and she's like, Justin, are you okay? And I said, yes. And I was like, the first thing, someone wants to have sex with me. And she laughed and she was like, who? And I was like, he also wants to kill me and he's from Michigan. But that's okay. Anyway, so yeah, it was intense. That's, that's really that's report. really excessive for that person to imaginatively like go there with your He also said I knew body. where I lived and all that stuff. So much so that I went home to my parents, remember? Yeah. And like that's I mean, not even funny. Like no, there are no. some people that you're just like, yeah, I can see that you're trying to be funny. Like in this case it's like you should go see somebody. Like this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, if you're gonna murder someone and then have sex with parts of their corpse, mm-hmm. it should be because of their opinions about a movie. Especially Fantastic Four. Yeah. Absolutely. But you shouldn't decapitate but them. But what opinion is it because of? Is it that you didn't like it or that you liked it? Uh, no, I chose neither didn't. stance. I chose that it wasn't a bad movie. I guess we, 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 how would yeah, you say? Well, he basically just said that other people are hating it too much. You know, okay. and it was just like, it's this a, it's is a, all introductory. Yeah. So you're, cool. you're, you're, all related. Of, <laughs> you're, you're being a moderate. You're saying like, oh, just chill out, everybody. Yeah, right? yeah. I was and like, just, what, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was such an aggressive guy. response to being such a pacifist about it. I know, it really was. I, was so trying to, I, I, I was don't think be... we gave our Ming Dynasty scholar a name yet. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, they know. Thank you, oh, no, Joe. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. Who watches Game of Thrones here? I stopped. Everyone does. It's the most popular show in the history of television. All right. If Nolan was on Game of Thrones, wouldn't he be a Lannister? Everyone agrees. I, I have no frame of Nolan reference. I don't know Nolan enough. Yeah, I can't make that judgment. That's, no, that's quite a heavy burden Josh. to place no, on he, someone. He is definitely a Lannister. And I even can't. if you don't know enough about the house, you should look at him. You know who I look think? I mean, he looks look, like a look Lannister. Wise. All Lannisters are blonde. They're all blonde. Okay, do you know who I think Nolan is? Who? Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd be down It's not Lannister. supposed to be funny. It's factual. My word on this factual. We're not concerned with facts and truth here. I don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> My final so I'll say in this Lannister business is is that if I'm Tyrion, fine, that's great. You but can't otherwise, be Tyrion. Well, then die? no, I'm not a no, damn Lannister. Die, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Spoilers. But he probably has a lot more sex than everyone in this whole room combined. I'll tell you that, except Brian. <laughs> um. But Brian, the sound guy. anyway, I was I meant to introduce you as Nolan Lannister, which I wrote down here, but I oh my god, um, I like you in person more because you laugh at my jokes versus uh, when you're on Skype, you don't think I'm funny, which was actually a note I got. You which mean, called out, yeah, you mean at four a.m. Yeah, I wasn't laughing very much. Listen, oh I, I I should be funny twenty four hours a day, right, Kathy? Yeah, <laughs> Kathy laughs at my jokes twenty four seven. If I I could wake Kathy up at three a.m. on the morning where she has to rewrite Captain Marvel with Kelly Sue DeConnick, and you would laugh at my jokes, right? 
I wouldn't have to rewrite that. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, yes. No, Kelly Sue DeConnick is awesome. Uh, we love her. So, of course, it was just it was just the first comic that came to mind. Yeah, Justin's so funny. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, my next question is, how's it going? Nolan, welcome back. But we already know. Don't answer that. Um, next, we have uh, Columbia University graduate and filmmaker. Wait, are you Barnard. 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 Oh, Barnard. Excuse me. Gosh darn it. Repping the B school. Gosh darn it. But Columbia and Barnard do have an interesting inter... There is an interesting relationship there right. filled with tension and drama. Right. And, and is it a often, sexual often tension? Often deeply hurt feelings. Sometimes it's sexual. Sexual. Well, That's kind of sexy. It's kind of sexy. It's a lot of sexual tension between Barnard and Columbia. I didn't kind of. It's kind of adversarial. It's I'm in but GS. Also That's sexual. why. <laughs> in GS, no one has any sexual there tension. There is no sexual tension between Barnard. Yeah. No, it's sort of. It's the. It's like the. This is the kind of like old women's school, men's school relationship a little bit. I mean, know? it's it's more like there's assholes everywhere who sure. hate women. <laughs> That's, this is oh true. my god, that's the whole world. <laughs> oh my god, me too. <laughs> Excuse me, where Wonder Woman is from, they love women. And, and how do you pronounce yeah, that place? The mascara? I call it the mascara, but it's like the mascara. What is that called? The mascara. The mascara? Okay, I need to read more Wonder Woman, I guess. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Not going to happen. Anyway, um, Joe, you've got a film coming out. Tell us about your Ooh. our listeners about your amazing film, which I took some photography for, which I had like the best day for. Oh yes, so uh, I wrote a film last summer. It's called Edge of the Woods. And you have to say it like Edge of the Woods. It looks Edge. so fucking good too. Wait, wait, wait. I, can I can I be like your promo voice? Yes. I ready, ready. You ready. want you want to do our trailer? You can yes. do the voice for a trailer. I right, ready. Joe Chang in Edge of the Woods. Oh my god! It's so oh, good. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Did that just well, not give everyone chill? Yes. I need to get popcorn and see that movie right now. <laughs> right, so, Take my money. Let me tell you a little little about the movie. Please do. It's, um, I consider it a superhero origin story for Little Red Riding Hood. And wow. so um, another way I describe it is that it's a dystopic retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, four, four women in the main cast and they all play sort of recreations of well-known fairy tale characters. And it's Little Red's story as she goes in the woods because, you know, fairy tales are all about girls, little girls entering dark places and becoming stronger because of it. And is that the work that you're working on that has a connection to Ferguson? No, I mean no. It it, it has like it's it's we're because I remember to, someone told me that like while we were it, it's not like directly connected to Ferguson, but I feel like science fiction and fantasy should always have its roots in uh, real life issues that we deal with, and yeah, so totally. this you know this story does deal with power structures and, and struggles and and how do you break free from that where do you have to go you know what what is you know what what do people tell us to believe and what do we need to find out about our, for ourselves that sounds amazing. is there a website for this film uh yeah you can find us on facebook you can just search edge of the woods Ooh. and you can also find us on tumblr edge of the woods.tumblr.com and or you can track our hashtag on on instagram I, i've hashtagged yeah. a few behind the scenes pics there as well hashtag edge of the woods so yeah it's a good time looking forward to that very exciting, right? You're so cool. Isn't Joe awesome? I told you. <laughs> Thanks. And next time we're going to have you and Gabby and everyone oh else I love God, here. Gabby. So it's going to be like, I can't fucking we're just going to explode from amazingness. Oh, man. Yeah. I won't even be able to, I'll be like on the floor. Just I'll probably loving be every exploding. Second. Um, so next up is comics for COO. That's Chief Operating Officer, Josh Kiwi. Hell yeah. Hello. Hello, Josh. Hello. How are you? I'm great, actually. I'm, that's awesome. I'm, I love it. I'm excited to be on this podcast because uh, I love doing the game. It's been a while yeah. since we did a podcast together. You it has since it has. Rogue. Well, I, we actually I did um I did some of the Emma Frost a little bit of that. Oh yeah yeah, but yeah. you were asleep to be fair. Yeah yeah, yes. it was late. It was late. Yeah. But yeah, 
Okay, cool. That's exciting. And um, so rounding out the cast today is the amazing Kay Honda, former Comics First intern, now Comics First production coordinator. Oh, oh, hair flip. Kay Honda with her statement so. necklace on and uh, <laughs> and uh, slightly to the right, LeBray piercing. Is that not a LeBray piercing? Cause it's to the no, right. it is. Yeah. Okay. Or it's to my left, but yes. Okay, I sorry, yes. I'm no, not no, good no, with no. right or left. No, yeah. I mean dyslexia, you know, it's no big deal. I don't have dyslexia, I just am bad with directions. That's okay, yeah. like other way. Right. But I, yes, I am Kay, and I've uh, somehow climbed up the vicious ladder that is comics first because I care about the company and Justin so much. Aw, no, I care about like, you. I know. That's why I. That's why I do it. If you didn't care, I wouldn't do shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good uh, social mobility in uh, comics. First. It's really great. Yeah, Basically, it's, if it's, I like you, very, you get like very promoted common. to being it's like, like queen. Very oh, like give and take. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to do another. This is our third podcast together, right? I know. I mean, it's funny because Swamp I'm getting X Men and this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel oh, like it, yeah, I feel like yeah. I don't know. I haven't kept track, which is stupid. I should, but like, I'm getting so used to doing podcasts with you and everyone. That's great, right? And it's really fun, and it's a, a good exercise for me to stop saying like oh. between every fucking word. Yeah, well, Josh White. Shout out to Josh White. He's he's the one that didn't like that. Well, I don't, that? I don't know who that is. He's but... like our number one fan. Well, he, he's, he's dead friend. now. So. He's not, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No, he's like the only Republican that listens to us. <laughs> he's not even really a Republican. He's like a, what, what are those people called? Libertarians. Libertarians, Libertarians. yes. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> he's going to kill me that you said that. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. Josh White, everyone here else loves you. Yes, everyone else here. Yes, thank you. Josh Huey loves you, right? Yes, definitely. Yes, Brian Del Pazzo loves you, right? 100%. Yeah, Brian, just Brian of the, the well. Um, Kathy loves you. Sure, but I would also say ugh about libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Strike that from the record. No one is a libertarian. Edit that out. Bye. No, I used to be a libertarian. All, all Lannisters are libertarians. All Lannisters are libertarians. There are a lot of people who used to be libertarians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Once I upon a time. It's really like a phase everyone goes through. I used to be... 15,000 people <laughs> need to Don't you think? Why are you threatening me with this? It's not a threat. It's this a, is it's, blackmail. It's a compliment. The legend no. of the sandwich. Huh? The legend of the sandwich. The, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The legend of the sandwich. It's, ama- it's, it's amazing. It's a story. journey, you know. It has a, a beginning check. and an end. And <laughs> it has a, yeah, it has a beginning and an end. And well, it had many beginnings for no one. <laughs> it did. Angela, um, I love you. I love you too, Angela. I love everyone here. You guys are okay. Except Brian. We love everybody else. And we love you. Medium. (laughs) (laughs) Who look warm. Yeah, like orange (laughs) out of red. No, I love everyone. And we love you. Okay, yeah, I do miss Jamie here. All right. Uh I know, it's sad. We'll see you in the next podcast, Jamie. All right, so without further ado, I would love to introduce comic book author, current writer of the DC reboot of Superman, writer of Avatar, The Last Airbender, which Angela has got me onto, and uh, one of my personal favorite graphic novels of all time, American-born Chinese. So uh, welcome, Gene, and thank you so much for doing this podcast with us. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's Yeah, no, it's just really special because that was, as Josh and I read American-born Chinese together, and Josh, you can say, I had a huge reaction to it when I read no, it. No, Justin was very moved by it, and so was I, because um, even though I wasn't actually born here, I, I uh, or, uh, yeah, I came here when I was four, and I had a very similar experience to... From China? From China, yeah, yeah. From, the, from as in the book, and um, it really touched uh, a lot of, it was very emotional. It was a great book, great book. Well, thank you. Thank you for reading it. Thanks. 
Thanks is, for uh, all the nice stuff. <laughs> is it cool if we just compliment you for an hour? <laughs> um, because I think that's what's going to happen. Because literally my first question is so absolutely unprofessional because I kept thinking of a good first question and all I could get out of my mouth is just how? How did this happen? <laughs> because it's just, I guess I'm – and I think what's behind the question really when I sat to think about it is especially when you consider like comic book theory and Scott McCloud and all that great stuff that I had going on. Um, <laughs> but all that wonderful stuff comic book theory stuff that was going on in this book. I guess I just wanted to uh, kind of ask about your inspirations for it and how it came together for you. Well, I'm, I'm definitely a huge Scott McCloud fan. You know, I, I think I read, uh, like, Understanding Comics came out at just the right age for me. I think I was right out of high school, right right before I went to, to college it came out. Mm-hmm. And that book just blew my mind. I'd never, you know, I'd never seen anybody take comics that seriously. And really, and, and I think Scott McCloud just has this, very clear, very logical way of, of conveying his ideas that I found incredibly compelling. So without understanding comics, I don't know if I'd be doing comics today. So I, I, I think um, I think after reading that book, I just started reading all comics really differently. And when American Born Chinese, when I started American Born Chinese, I'd been doing comics for a while. I've been doing comics maybe for about five years. And I'd always had these Asian American protagonists, but their culture never played a huge part in the story. So I knew I wanted to do some kind of a book where that was the focus. So uh, so I started the, the project. Uh, American Board Chinese started off as a series of uh, mini comics. You know, I would finish a chapter, I'd Xerox it, I'd staple it by hand, and then I'd, I'd try to sell them at conventions and stuff. Oh, wow. That's right. I see everyone nodding here. So wow. I know people wow. have questions. I have a question. <laughs> sure. Um, when you, know, you, re- you reference the fact that a lot of uh, Asian American protagonists don't have the Asian culture in it. Is that one of the reasons why you included the story of the, the Monkey King as such an intro- uh, integral part of the story? Because uh, for me as a child, like that was a huge part of like our mythology. My parents you know, told me that story. I saw like the live action show, even though that was kind of terrible. Like, but it was definitely yeah, something yeah, yeah. that they always... Terrible in an awesome way, though. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. I, I think, I mean, that's that was that was definitely part of it. Part of it was just, I think, the Monkey King is awesome. You know, I, I like you. I grew up with the Monkey King. I heard about his stories at bedtime, and when I started doing comics as an adult, I knew I wanted to do something with this character. But when I looked into it, what I realized, you know, I grew up in the states, so there's just not as much Monkey King stuff all around. But and, and when I started researching it, I realized in Asia, like in, in Taiwan and in mainland China and in Japan, the Monkey King is just everywhere. Like almost everybody's done something with Monkey King. You know, there's so many Monkey King comics out there. Like Osamu Tezuka, the the god, the, the, the Japanese god of comics, ha, has done uh, an adaptation oh. of his story. So early on, I kind of gave up on the idea of doing a, a Monkey King story because I just thought so many of these Asian cartoonists had done it so much better than I ever could. I, I just couldn't see what I was going to add to the world by doing it. And eventually, I had the idea of using Monkey King as a way of talking about the Asian American experience. So I figured none of those Asian cartoonists had ever been American. So this could be this could be something new. That I could do with this character. Wow, thank you so much. I have a question for you. This is Joe, by the way. Hi, Gene. Hey, Joe. It's very nice to meet you. You said yeah, earlier you too. Um, about how you kept reading all these comics and you, you'd see these Asian American characters, but there wouldn't be any any other culture in there, you know? And so this piece that you've written, American Born Chinese, it, it is a race story. It's a story about race. And I feel like we're getting into um, an era of storytelling these days where we're striking this new balance between characters who whose race is acknowledged and their experience that are acknowledged, but that's not all who they are. And I think that there are a lot of people who are trying to balance that between not tokenizing a character by making them all about the race and also not erasing their background altogether. So how do you find to uh, strike that balance when you create characters? 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a hard thing to do. I, I think so. When I was talking about how like the Asian Americanness didn't affect the character, I was mostly talking about my characters. Like like up until that point, I'd done these stories with Asian American characters. For my characters, at least the the culture was kind of just incidental. I think it's just really it's it's a it's a hard thing to do. And I also think that like different kinds of characters are appropriate at different points in the conversation. So at the very beginning, you know, you're gonna have. Like at the, at the beginning, when ethnic writers start writing characters of their own ethnicity, I think the the culture aspect plays a huge part. It ends up being central to how the author or the cartoonist thinks of that character. Then, as you move on, I, I think it, it becomes a little bit like like it starts getting balanced. The way you're saying, where um, a character isn't defined by their culture, but the culture still plays a part in who that character is. Uh, and, and I think that's a great thing. I think that's actually a really, really healthy thing uh, for uh, to, to happen. And, and I think we are seeing that a little bit, right, in comics. And even in superhero comics, we're starting to see that. Yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful to see it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think before it was more, like you would have, you'd have the two extremes. You'd have like Shang-Chi, where this character is just completely defined by the culture, or or you would have another character where they're just, it's like they kind of picked a color after they came up with everything else about the color, <laughs> uh, about the character. Yeah, everyone just nodded knowingly. <laughs> we all yeah. recognize that happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gene, this is uh, Nolan. Yeah, I would. There's a lot of things I'd like to ask you about uh, Chinese ethnic or national identity, or about the Chinese diaspora. I study China. I'm a PhD student in Chinese history. But wow, hardcore dude. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, what I I think I can only uh, get one question in here. So I just want to ask you about the uh, unusual structure of the book. What had you read before you worked on American Born Chinese that employed something like this? Where it's not, you know, it's not a traditional narrative. If we were to turn it into a traditional narrative, we might read the Monkey King part first, then the part that's set in the contemporary United States, and then the part that is a sort of sitcom you know, derived uh, racial stereotype sequence, and then go back and read the very conclusion moment, right? But yeah, but, yeah. but it's sort of all, you know, you get the three in parallel, and you don't know whether they're going to end up combining as, as they do. In fact, it's quite an effective climax when they do. So where does that idea come from? I mean, part of it was that I just, I came up with these three, like, as soon as I decided I wanted to talk about culture, about ethnic identity, I came up with three different ideas of how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't decide which one I liked the best, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, weaving together was kind of an intellectual exercise, but mm-hmm. I, I did have other inspirations as well. The, the yeah. biggest of which is probably, there's this cartoonist named Jay Stevens, mm-hmm. who uh, did a book called Land of Nod that was put out by Dark Horse mm-hmm. in the, I think it was in the early aughts. Hmm. came out in the early aughts or maybe the late 90s around there somewhere and he does this he he actually has multiple narratives going on he, he ends up switching between different genres so he does horror and then he does uh science fiction and then he does like almost like a saturday morning cartoon uh superhero comic hmm. and eventually they all kind of fold into each other and uh, and i thought like jay stevens is actually one of in my opinion he's one of the most underrated cartoonists in in comics he's uh he's just really brilliant and and uh, I've always admired that book for that. Well, that sounds really good. I think I should check it out. Yeah, you should check it out. You should check out all this stuff. Yeah. I, have, I, have a, I have an interesting thought about this sort of three parallels happening at the same time, switching between them, is um, for those of us who, who grow up in a racialized mm. community, uh, we have something that we do, we, we code switch. Mm. You know, we, yeah. we perform differently when we're with family, when we're with friends, when we're in school. Uh, we switch between the way we talk, the way we act, and you have this very traditional Monkey King, but kind of casual narrative, and then you have this very like contemporary realistic narrative, 
then you have the sitcom narrative and this you're switching between the three. So it's almost like you're creating this experience for people who don't necessarily have to go through that as often. Yeah, I, d- I definitely wanted the the narrative voices to be different, right? I wanted, uh, for the Monkey King, I wanted a third-person voice. Uh, for uh, the Jin Wang story, I wanted it to read more like a diary, like a like a first-person voice. And then for the Chinky thing, I wanted I wanted to take the language of of, of, uh, of television, of, mm-hmm. of sitcoms, and use that. Uh, and and I thought, like, there are multiple reasons why I wanted to do that. One, one was I just wanted it to, f- like, I wanted them to f- feel and read differently so mm-hmm. that even a reader's subconscious would not be confused about what story they were in, right. you know, so that they could, they could keep it straight in that way. And then, and then I, I never actually thought about the code switching uh, parallel. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. With the code switching, I, I was, I wanted to address that more with the, um, like the fact that they all have two forms, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, like uh, that's why I weaved Transformers in because Transformers have two forms. The mm-hmm. Monkey King changes form, and then eventually Jin himself changes form, and yeah, and the actual physical transformation sort of is supposed to mirror the the code switching. But that's kind of awesome. I'm I'm actually gonna I think I'm just gonna claim that from now on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, say, take say it. That I thought of that from the beginning. Take it. <laughs> all right. Uh, hi, Jane. This is Kay again. I'm sorry to have to switch gears really quick. We usually wait until the end of the podcast to discuss the art but since you are both the artist and the writer of this work and you're also a little limited on time I just wanted to get this question in were there any specific challenges that came with that came with the art and being the artist and the writer versus your work on Superman is it more pressure or is it just different if you could enlighten us about that that would be great well, doing Superman is really different from anything I've I've done up until this point. Just like the the production schedule and the um, and the pace of everything is just really really different. Even from Avatar, you know, which is uh, a serialized work. I just think I didn't realize what monthly comics was going to be like until I actually dove in for American Born Chinese and for the graphic novels where I'm doing, handling both the writing and the art. I think what one of the one of the big things about that is that you just get I I have complete control over it. Right, every line, every word on every page I get control over right and that there's something very satisfying about that but at the same time I feel like my art style is fairly limited like I can't Hmm. I would not be able to draw in a way that was would be appropriate for a a superhero comic I draw in this one way and every time I try to switch my drawing style just kind of reverts back it's really annoying to me so there are um, certain stories that I feel like I just can't pull off Uh, I did a book with a guy named Sunny Liu who's amazing. He's based out of Singapore. We did a book called The Shadow Hero, and that was my very first superhero book. And Sonny is able to to sort of, he's able to weave like drama and comedy and action in this really, really cohesive way. I can't do that. I, I feel like I don't have the chops to do what he does. So for certain stories, I just have to collaborate. And then for like, like being in the mainstream superhero world, there's just no way I can draw like that. You know, I cannot draw mm-hmm. like John Romita Jr. I could practice until my brain's turned to dust and it will never happen. So does your proclivity, I guess like this is just a personal question, but does do you, are you more inclined towards, I guess like you kind of answered the question in your answer, but do you, are you drawn to being more of a writer or an artist? Because it sounds like you feel limited in your artistic abilities, but I feel like if you really wanted to tell a certain story, you could probably convey it in your art if you really wanted to. But I'm just wondering like, which media do you feel most comfortable with? Um, I, I mean, I guess I started doing both. So that feels like more of a natural state for me. And there are definitely certain stories that I have in my head that I have to do both for. 
I, I just feel like right. there are certain stories where I feel like I need that control mm-hmm. in order to get it out right. And then there are other stories where I think I cannot get this out by myself, you know, and I'm going to need to team up with somebody who draws differently than I do in order to in order to get it out. That's an amazing self-awareness that I do not possess. So <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So this is Josh again, Jean. I just had a question about like, especially the story arc of Shangi. Like how personal was it to you? that character because i felt like the cultural identity like crisis he went through and all that felt so real like you know just like the example of taking your chinese lunch to school with all these americans and being like really awkward like i that it was almost like you were writing my story at that point i was just like (laughs) oh my goodness this is how like exactly when i grew up how this was so i wondered how personal it was for you yeah i i definitely drew pretty heavily from my childhood in order to do that that story i remember like my mom attempting to give me a an american style lunch so she made me this cow tongue sandwich. <laughs> that sounds delicious, you know, actually. No, it does. I'd be into it. See, all the Chinese people here love it, but everyone else is like, mm. You know, <laughs> lingua. Yeah. Such a sincere yeah. attempt. I'm actually into tongue now, too. Like, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I always get the lingua now. Mm, yeah. But um, but when I was a kid, you know, I got this, brought this cow tongue sandwich to school. And I forget how, but one of the one of my classmates actually, uh, like, lifted up the top bread of the sandwich and saw all the weird looking cake, like, like tongue meat. And right. he was just grossed out. <laughs> so that kind of stuff just happened, you know, it, it just, and I think um, when you're a kid, you don't totally like you feel uncomfortable about it, but it's not a, a discomfort that you can necessarily articulate. Yeah, right, right. Uh, totally. So, so for American more Chinese, that was sort of like that sort of discomfort was the, was the genesis of that project. That's That was the emotional core that I was writing out of. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. You know, I wanted to bring up uh, this kind of fact about the art. And it's been a while since I've taken art history, so bear with me. And Kate, you can probably help me phrase this question too. But I was really struck by sort of the lack of Renaissance space and, and how close the background was to the subjects. And there's a period in Western art, Kate, and Gene, I'm sure you can tell me this too. Is it called like Japanese or something based on Japanese woodblock art? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I'm well-versed enough to like uh, validate what you're talking about. Right. So I don't want to just be like, yeah, totally. And then like, cite <laughs> your know. sources, guys. Yeah, exactly. I know, right? Like, I have zero footnotes on that. It's literally <laughs> just opinion and memory. Just like, yeah, that sounds kind of close to something I know once. Right? Like, yeah. Hey, I did get an A, but it was a while ago. So I... I mean, I believe it. I, yeah. I probably would have gotten an F, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, because artist, well, no, I mean, not even in that sense, but like Jin is the one who, um, in American Born Chinese, wanted to like so desperately be something that his culture didn't allow, basically, right? Or like not even allow, but he wanted to be like white, basically, right? Like I related yeah. to that so hard, just because, like, I love how those two storylines intertwine at the like at some point, where it's just like, because then it just makes sense from earlier, just like I'm not like him, and I so remember feeling that very vehemently as someone who was born like first generation American and my parents didn't know what the fuck to do with me because they didn't well because they didn't know like they didn't understand American culture either they were we were all learning together and I was just like parents what does this mean and they're like I don't know like <laughs> like here's a lunchable I guess that's what's socially appropriate like <laughs> why does it matter that it's socially appropriate because they were also just like weird Japanese people because they weren't very like about staying right. with the herd or anything either so I was just like what am I so I remember very strongly that like that was a thing and I'm sorry this goes off of like 
your art thing completely, yes, completely, <laughs> completely. But I just, yeah, I just wanted to say it related. Okay, bye. For every single racialized kid in this country, there's always a moment as a child where you realize you're not white. It's so weird. There's always that moment. Yeah, yeah. Like only, yeah. it's only retroactive, but you're just like, yeah, there was definitely a point where I wanted to be a white girl. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was I so mean, casual. Part of the majority, right? There's a, there's a piece of you that always wants to be part of the majority, and I, and I think having people who are like like for me, it was it was the the Chinese immigrant kids. Having those kids coming in was kind of a crisis, you mm-hmm. know. Like I I just I remember feeling at a at a very deep like pre logical level that I just did not want people to think that that person and 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 I were the were the same kind of person. Well, you didn't want to be lumped together. It's like no, yeah. no, <laughs> like <laughs> we're not the same. I know that it's like. It looks like we would be comfortable together, but no, like we're not friends. And yes, like, that's really yeah. uncomfortable because it denies a lot of very fond friendships that could happen. But it's such a sincere feeling of alienation where you're just like, no, 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 no. Like, I just got my way into being adapted, like adapted into this culture. Like, don't f*** up. It's so easy yeah, to yeah. internalize all of that. Yeah, of course. Right. I, I was going to ask, like, did you confirm? Oh, I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, no, I just feel bad because I started this um, art question. This is really my came, question like, yeah. right after the art question. But can I just like quickly say that I was in fifth grade the year Lunchables were invented and my mom bought them for me and I got my ass kicked when I brought them wow. to school. Yeah. Really? Just Whoa. for having Lunchables. Yeah. No, I'm seriously. Actually, this girl, Erin. Why? Because you were cooler than everyone? I don't no, understand. I not, Lunchables no, are like, like They were like, cool. why don't you pack a lunch? Like, they just couldn't get over it. And this girl, <laughs> while I was like eating my Lunchables, kicked me so hard in the ass. Her foot like went all the way up my ass. And I, until oh my I had God. a prostate exam, I had never felt that again. And it was so painful. Anyway. Oh, my God. My I'm mother so would, sorry. And she refused to not buy me Lunchables. I was like, Mom, just please give me a meatball sandwich. You're Italian for the love of God. And Anything. She, <laughs> refused to get me you know i always had to go lunchable it was humiliating anyway, just make me onigiri me. just like it's fine yeah, like anything no. but lunchable <laughs> exactly you were just ahead of your time man I, you know yeah I, you were I thought, I, you were by like, the way you were I'm, like three years too early <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, let me say that I messaged her on LinkedIn like last week. And the first thing I said was, do you remember stealing my Lunchables and also kicking me so far up my ass with your shoes? Anyway, anyways, art, art history. No, okay, anyway, back to art history. But listen, I had I had an issue to deal with and I brought it up. That's all I just want to say. This is the closing. The, the I, art know. history can be the closing thing. Right. I know that he has to go. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. So just really quick. Um, do you want to talk about the <laughs> the lack of Renaissance space and, and the background space being really close to the foreground, which is not a really good ending question, which Kathy is laughing at. <laughs> I think um, um, I think you're like way smarter than me about that kind of stuff. I don't even know. I don't even know how to address that. Dude, we had like a 30-minute conversation like, trying like to I surmise said, I what like, you were thinking. I, I feel like there are people who can choose their art style. Like I have a friend named Derek Kirk Kim, mm-hmm. and he can kind of draw any art style he wants. If, if he needs to do, you know, horror, he can he can mimic bernie wrightston he could if he wants to do he could just do anything he could do he's like a like an art chameleon but for me i feel like i'm limited in a way where it just comes out the way it comes out you know and i can choose to try to draw differently but it always reverts back to this one way of drawing which is um it's annoying i feel like it's annoying to me but um that is so interesting um i do can i can i ask one more really quick question yeah yeah. well because actually i would like you to hear this because we have so many people on our podcast that are american-born chinese or uh, born in China, so I just really and and, and wait, 
Wait, you guys are, aren't you guys American-born Chinese? There's only two yeah, of us who are Chinese and born in America. Yeah, but, yeah, but and then Josh is, is Chinese-born. He's Chinese-born Chinese. Yeah. yeah, but I came over when I was four, so I technically kind of have the same experience. And, and Kay is Japanese? Were... Yeah. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I was getting to that. Not, I was getting, not I was, all I was Asians done. are interchangeable. Oh, my God. I was not done. And no one <laughs> Thank you, bye. The Ming Dynasty, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, so I'm basically... Basically, uh, Kathy yeah, and I sure. who are, are the only white people on this podcast, and I'm Puerto Rican. I just want to point that out. Which, there's a drinking... There's a comment for drinking game where everyone has say. to uh, whatever anyway um, there's a comments for drinking game that's it there's Bye. a comments for <laughs> drinking game where every time I say I'm Puerto Rican someone has to have a shot okay please allow uh, Mr. Jean Luen Yang to receive how you guys felt as uh, Japanese American born Japanese Chinese born Chinese American born Chinese how did that influence how you read the story <laughs> Are we going in a circle? Just shout. Okay, well, I'll start. I mean, just kind of going off of also what you were just saying, Jean, like, it's really interesting that you find it annoying that you feel artistically limited because I think that I'm actually really impressed by the fact that you found your own style because I feel like a lot of artists struggle to find their own style. And the fact that, like, obviously everyone is enviable, like, just envies other people's skills and everything. But I think that it's really great that you have your own kind of style of drawing. And sure, like, for you, it might not seem like a big deal, but I think that it reads really well and there is something really compelling about it with the story. And, you know, I said it before that there's something very relatable about it without being too, I don't want to say too real, but it's not like painful. Like You know, like how some memories are like painful for you, like or like not for you specifically, but just in people. And it's kind of like a lighthearted kind of expression of, oh, yeah, like I felt that too when I was a child. And it's no, it's not that it's not a big deal, but it's, you know, something that happened. And now I acknowledge it. And it's nice. And that sucked. And now this doesn't. And you know, you just like, I really appreciate the fact that you made a work like this because I related to it very much. Well, thanks. Yeah. Hi, this is Joe again. When I was reading your piece as a, as a content creator myself, someone who does film and, and do, does theater and is looking to write engaging, socially responsible stories that reaches that reach people and tell important marginalized um, narratives, I thought a lot about the the universal and the specific because you wrote this story that's very specific to this uh, you know American-born Chinese experience, and yet it has reached such a wide audience. And so even Though the specifics are are unique, the general idea and general feelings, the emotions are something that everyone can relate to. And it doesn't, you don't have to give up one to have the other. And that's something that I'm trying to work through in my own work. And so that was sort of in the back of my back of my mind while I was reading your pieces. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. That's really nice of you to say. I, I think um, that like the, the whole universal specific thing is just something that, that, that all of us as storytellers are trying to strive for, right? We want something that is, that is authentic to who we are as an individual, but also can speak to, to pretty much anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like uh, oftentimes creators forget about the importance of the specifics and often try to write the universal story. You get this sort of bland, boring character, everyman character that, you know, is your typical default white male heroine, uh, hero, and who everyone gets really sick and tired of hearing from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just want to add personally, like, again, this is one of my favorite comics. You know, Asian and Asian Americans in general are very underrepresented in not only comics, any sort of media, really. And yeah. to hear a story like this, which basically a lot of it was like the story of my childhood that I could relate to so much with the, the cultural identity and stuff. Like, And just to hear the, the story of the Monkey King in a version that's not like super Chinese or right, you know, like exactly. an Americanized version of something that I something that I could recognize, you know, like where everyone else has their own like cultural stories that they've heard when, when they're a child, like to see it actually 
be translated into this form. It was just brilliant. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. You guys, uh, I, I was I said I want to do all the take turns saying nice things about me, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hi, James. This is Angela. Hey, Angela. Hi. Um, so I actually have a different or interesting question, I guess. American Born Chinese was relatable and actually sometimes a little unrelatable to me. Uh, since mm-hmm. I felt it was very 80s and I went yeah. to school in the 2000s. <laughs> uh-huh. so I was wondering, would you ever consider making maybe like doing a sequel or revamping American Born Chinese in the future? Maybe say showing how much has changed for American Born Chinese people? Yeah, it was totally 80s. I actually um, consciously looked at old photos and, and old yearbooks uh, as I was uh, working on that that book. The hair gives away. Um, you know, I think I think uh, I think that's for somebody else to do. I think that's for somebody who grew up in the in the 2000s to do. And I bet somebody's working on something like that right now. Maybe it's you, Angela, or Joe, right? <laughs> Joe, Angela, hint, hint, go. But I, I can't let you go without saying that this is such a, a great work of self acceptance. And as someone who is not Asian, uh, you know that's absolutely what I got from it. And you know, it definitely had me looking into myself and, and you know wanting to accept myself more, which I think is a wonderful point of the story. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I re- seriously thank you so much for. Uh, it sounds like you guys read it so thoughtfully, and uh, and that's pretty much any like the the most that an author can hope for, right? Is that uh, a reader reads it thoughtfully? Thank you for doing it. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. existing great. and making yeah. <laughs> it and writing it and drawing it. It's fantastic, and it means a lot. Hey, will you be at uh, New York Comic Con? I'm not. I have this other thing on that same weekend. I forget what it was, oh, no. but I can't. You know, I've been wanting to go Did to New York Comic Con forever, and I just haven't been able to do it. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely like a, a very crowded place, but we, it's 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 fun. So we're exhibiting this. Oh, do you year, guys so. have a booth there? We do, we do, yeah. We did it okay. special. I, I actually like special edition more. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that because it's just more <laughs> about the comics, you know. And and New York Comic Con is you know more sci fi and all that stuff going on. And I'm kind of just a comics guy, you know. You mean you don't okay. like Pretty Little Liars? What's I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh my goodness, that it's offensive. It's that why why over. why did you bring that up right now? <laughs> like that did not That's need to the be hottest topic at NYCC right now. No, it no. is. Not. I, what you're about. I refuse to believe that. Is it really? It's like it's I've seen a lot of things about okay, it. Okay, shut up. I don't want to hear that. That's I think it aired like their series finale ones. and it was like a big deal. <laughs> Kathy hasn't even said anything. Okay. No, Kathy is I the co host. I can't hear myself right now. You can't hear yourself? No. Okay, wait. It's okay. I can hear you. Just, okay, just speak. Fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I agree with everyone. It's been great. Uh, it's been great. <laughs> um, I, I also like to just tag on the parade of compliments in, <laughs> in terms of like the universal specific stuff. I think something that we're thinking about at Marvel a lot now is that we wish we could do more stuff that the kids would be able to read and feel comfortable reading, but all ages is like a, a sort of a bad label to be stuck with in the direct sales market. And I think um, in terms of navigating the universal specifics, something else that you do really well is writing stories that uh, adults and children can appreciate. And uh, it's been borne out in how school libraries have responded to American born Chinese. And I would like to finish up with Superman. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with that. Cause I think you're, dealing with ideas that are really relevant to people of all ages right now. Yeah. 
Fundamentally, Thanks. Superman Thanks. is a You know, Marvel needs to gotta figure that out, dude. Like yeah. you can't you can't just yeah. I, I feel like I feel like there is a there is a key there to to tapping into like a younger readership. Mm-hmm. Like like uh you know, teenagers. Just anybody under the age of like thirty five, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. I think there's a there's a there's something it's there. I, I just feel like Marvel needs to gotta do it. You know, my kids love superheroes. They they love Spider Man and, and Batman and all of them and Wonder Woman, but there really aren't a ton of comics superhero comics that are targeted at them you know like most of their comics reading is like smile and and amulet and, and zeta the space girl I, I just i feel like like part of it is the art style like maybe marvel and dc need to experiment a little bit more with kid-friendly art styles and then part of it is the format like i just think that the floppy 22 page format doesn't it just doesn't work with today's kids with with younger readers of today interesting Maybe yeah that is interesting like the like the people. like the star wars comics that Squirtle um that dark awesome. horse used to do before before yeah. the license reverted to marvel they put it out in a very specific format and then they followed that format for the avatar books that format works you know it works i don't know how well it works in in the direct market but it definitely works with younger readers oh yeah great yeah angela do you have an avatar question as, I, as i've been like pointing to you and writing angela avatar question on the whiteboard <laughs> Avatar questions. I just don't know how to like segue into it because we're talking about. We just talked about Avatar. Yeah, but that was like (laughs) ten minutes ago. No, it was three minutes ago. And now for an Um, Avatar question. Also, I don't know how much time Jean has, so it's also Jean. Don't feel bad if there's at at any point you're like, I have to leave right now. Yeah, I should go pretty soon. I should go pretty soon. Okay, so we'll give you one last question and then we'll leave you alone. Okay. So just with the Avatar franchise, what are your overall thoughts about the culture that was inspired by East Asian culture, but created by two white men? Well, you know, this it goes to a larger question about whether or not an author or a creator can do a character of another culture, right? Mm-hmm. And my feeling is, like, I kind of, I feel like I'm biased towards the writer because I just, as a writer, I know how hard it is. And I generally shy away from putting anything in the way of an author doing what he or she wants to do because i just know the the writing process itself is so hard and so so like gut-wrenching i don't want to make it even harder but at the same time i think when you are approaching somebody else's culture you have to be willing to do the homework like when you're writing your own culture you've already you've lived your homework so you don't have to do it but if you're writing somebody else's you really have to be very careful and and very very humble about the kind of homework that you have to do for avatar personally i think they did i think they they did the homework that they needed to do and that's why the the series comes out as authentic you know i think um i i know that um some folks think that they maybe uh, mixed it all up a little bit too much. Like they, they pulled from too many different sources in order to create their different cultures. But I think that if you look at each of the four Avatar cultures, underneath there is a solid core to, to how they built each of those nations up. And, and that, that core is pure homework. That's pure them sitting down and researching and, and figuring it out. Awesome. Gene, thank you so much again for stopping by. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I hope Great you can... Thank you. I hope we can have you on again and, and talk more about Superman. And Angela read, um, well, she you had already read all the Avatar yeah, I read stuff. All three. Yeah, but then <laughs> oh, awesome. we uh, we stocked her up there. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for reading those. Um, but again, thank you, Jean. And yeah, we'll be in contact when this uh, interview and podcast goes up, which should be in a couple weeks. Thank you, Jean. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And read Superman, everyone. And American-born Chinese. Duh. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Okay, so just to go over our social media BS that Kathy tells me is a good thing to tell people because it is, right? Yeah, the, it's, well, yeah, because we have, <laughs> uh, 
you want to work for you. And you like it, so you are sure other people will like it. And so you're just sharing what good people are doing with other good people. Yes. I'm not sure I bought that one, Kathy. Usually you win me over. That's like. Because we've already discussed this. I know, but so maybe I want to re- revisit it. Just before I was even a podcast <laughs> contributor. <laughs> it's not funny, Nolan. This All is right, serious fine. business. Why is everyone <laughs> laughing? Everyone stop laughing. <laughs> All right, fine. We won't relive this. Okay, anyway. So I'll just tell you what our social media is. Comicsfirst.com, Facebook.com, slash Comicsfirst, Twitter at, at Comicsfirst, Tumblr at Comicsfirst.tumblr.com. What else do we got here? YouTube at YouTube.com, slash TV, And, oh yeah, Definitely check out our YouTube channel because we're revamping our videos. I am not having anything to do with it, so they'll probably come out better this time. And yeah, so check those out. And again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast interview with Jean Lu and Yang and discussing American-born Chinese with a couple of questions from Angela about Avatar The Last Airbender and Kathy, how she amazingly worked in Superman. Yeah, shoehorn Superman in there. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I, he didn't I tried seem to bring that's... up Superman's immigrant allegory, but yeah, yes. All right, yeah. Because it's Angela, are you okay? You look like you're passing a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting tired. Okay, you're getting tired. Okay, cool. Um, good luck because there's three more podcasts and like a break for dinner. So X23. X23 is like at midnight. Yeah, so Also, Joe out. has to leave at 7, if not a little earlier. Who has to leave at 7? I have to leave at 7. Oh, cool. Are you on anymore? Uh, no, I'm on this. That's it. Okay, cool. Is it almost 7? It's like an, well, it's an hour An hour away. Oh, okay. So basically, you're like, I just... Provide you with some irrelevant information. But it's relevant to me. I just need yeah. to remind myself that. Ah, plan thank for my life. Everyone needs to know. Joe needs sleep tonight at I seven, did. an I hour did. from now. Yeah. Yes. I will be honest, Joe. You have the craziest schedule. Like every time I think I'm busy, I'm like, holy shit, Joe Chang. I'm a workaholic. I need yeah. to stop. It's really unhealthy. You are one of the two people who are younger than me that I want to be like when I grow up. Don't. You don't and, and Mary Esteen and Kampf. I don't know who that are is. you are you having enough sex though? As long as no, you bounce it out, okay. No, well, really you need to get not. on that. Just I'm hop trying. on it. I bet you I know exactly who's having good sex here, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if anyone here is having good sex right now. Oh not wait! Right now. Oh, oh wait! Okay, no. Not, not right now. Holy no, no, shit. What no. No, I, I, I know that. What kind of podcast do you think this <laughs> no, is? No, I mean, I mean, just like in terms of like, I was looking around. And I was like, I don't think anyone here is having satisfying sex. But then I was like, oh wait, there are some people in relationships. Okay, that's yeah. somewhat satisfying. <laughs> Define satisfying slash boring. No, sorry. Okay, I'm done. Okay. What does this have to do with American born Chinese? There is no sex in this. Sex isn't everything. Well, sex is a topic, and it certainly. Thank you, Nolan. Yeah. Anyway, we got to go. So this is fun, guys. Anyway, thank you again to Gene Luen Yang seriously for making this amazing. Thank you so much. I know he's not here, but I just have to give him one more love fest shout out because that was such an incredible interview. He is so incredibly nice, and that was such an amazing comic. And you know, again, I am not Asian at all, but I totally related to it, and I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, So thank you so much, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Justin. Gracious too. Does Kathy have a sign off? Huh? Oh, oh my goodness. Kathy, do you have a sign off? Do yeah, it. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to our podcast with Jing Yang, who is now writing Superman, known as the man of tomorrow. And of course, Jing Yang is the man who's written comic books. So we'd like to read tomorrow and the day after and so on. Good night. Turn up. <laughs>